Welcome to the Changing Minds Online First Sunday Superstars. It's that first Sunday of May. Um, if you're listening for the first time, you may or you may not know that the first Sunday of May we call our Sunday Superstars show. So in Changing Minds Online, um, Akeen and I believe that everyone has the power to change their lives. That's why we're doing this call. We believe it starts with really having a powerful, powerful mindset. And we bring someone on the call the first Sunday of every month who's exemplifying that lifestyle. Akina, um, how are you doing tonight? I am doing great. I am so excited for this wonderful month of May. We have a wonderful lineup, and we're starting the month all strong with our wonderful guest tonight. Absolutely. You know, May is, I have to say, is my favorite month of the year. It is my birthday month, and I'll be celebrating my birthday later this month on the show, but I am super excited. Um, the person we have on the show tonight is really a privilege for me to be able to bring this person on the show to speak to and interview this person. Um, some of you may know, if you've been listening to our podcast, that I have made this declaration that I'm going to do 30 marathons by my 30th birthday. And initially when I decided to do this was when my um, health started declining. I wound up finding out that I have tumors growing on the nerves in my feet and it, you know, it really for me was a shock, and my response to it was, you know what, I'm going to start running. And I decided I'm going to do 30 marathons by my 30th birthday. At that point, I had done one marathon. It was my New Year's resolution last year to do a marathon. I had never run before. Uh, this was two years ago, so this was coming into 2014. And I started to run after I started off with 5Ks and four-mile races, and I worked my way up to a marathon by the end of the year. And I, this year I wanted to do something really, really big. So I had 18 months to run 29 marathons. Um, it's been amazing. It's been a phenomenal journey. I finished a double this weekend, ran two marathons this weekend. And, you know, one of the things I have found on this journey of, of you know, it's been now seven marathons. I just finished my seventh today. The most amazing part of running was just meeting some of the most extraordinary individuals that I have ever met in my entire life. I mean, it's really just been a phenomenal opportunity. The person that I'm going to introduce you to in just a moment is someone who I met last Sunday. Um, it was while I was running the New Jersey Marathon. We finished at just the same time. You know, he asked me to take a picture of him. I started to hear a little bit about his story and I was just so inspired by who he is and what he stands for. Um, the person I'm introducing to you, he has a blog called Running on My Last Leg. And he's going to share a story of how he lost his leg and began really uh, just amplifying his running career and is an inspiration to so many people, including myself. It's an honor and privilege to welcome Tim Hurst onto our show. Welcome, Tim. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here. Yeah, it's really a, a privilege to have you on our show. You know, why don't you introduce yourself um, to our audience or people who may not be familiar with who you are and what your and what your story is. You know, where where are you coming from? Sure. Um, as uh, I'm 56 years old now, and I have currently I've run a total of 43 marathons in 38 states. But I actually didn't run my very first marathon until I was 50. So I've run 43 marathons in the last six years. So um, it's it's been 
it's been an amazing six years, and I have to agree with what you said. Most, the most amazing part is just the incredible people that I have met and the wonderful, wonderful stories that I have heard also. My story, uh, I was a young man living in California, and like most people my age, I was very active. I had obtained a second-degree black belt in karate, I went to the beach every day. I did snorkeling and scuba diving and surfing. I loved to bike, ride, long distance. Uh, I even ran back then, not quite the distances I run now, but uh, I was very active, very active. And I, I had always dreamed of running the Boston Marathon. I think everybody, no matter who you are, even if you're not, into athletics, you've heard of the Boston Marathon. It's one of the most prestigious marathons in the world. And but I I never I never honestly thought that I would ever have the opportunity or or be in good enough shape to ever run the Boston Marathon. Um, I spent a and lot of time. Someone who may not know oh. the Boston Marathon, can you just explain? Um, what it means, I know, I you know, to, and I, obviously as a runner, I know too, but, you know, why the Boston Marathon is so special compared to all the other marathons. Sure. It is the oldest continuous marathon in the world. It's been going on, you know, I don't know exactly how long, but it's been going on longer than any other marathon. There are probably somewhere around 40,000 people that run this, 35, 40,000 people that run this. They, it's, it's run on a Monday, which is really unusual. Most marathons are run on a Saturday or a Sunday. They shut the whole city down, basically. They shut all the streets down. There are hundreds of thousands of spectators that will come out and cheer you on. It's a huge huge event for the entire city and people while um, while you're there in Boston <laughs> it's so funny you hardly meet any Americans because you get thousands of people from Europe from uh, South Africa from Australia from all over the world that come there just to run this marathon that's how prestigious it is and it's it's I guess every runner's dream just to be there and be a yeah, part and of you it. You have to qualify for it. It's not, you know, a oh, lot of sure. people, you know, most people that uh, are not runners, they really think of the New York Marathon, and I'm running the New York Marathon this year as the pinnacle of all marathons because it's on TV. But, you know, anyone can really run in New York. It's a lottery system to get in. Um, but the Boston yeah. Marathon, I mean, it, you have to be a phenomenal and an elite athlete. To get, be able to get into the marathon, you have to beat some pretty serious times. I mean, you have to be really you fast. Do. You, do. You, can't, you can't just, you know, sign up for the Boston Marathon. You can't get in by lottery. You have to qualify to be there. And, and yeah, and I mean, it is. It's every runner's even, even, uh Sure. Even I had to qualify. I'm in the uh, challenge division, and I had to qualify. And it's it's difficult even for, for you know, special cases to run in it. So it. It's it's quite the marathon, plus the course itself is very difficult. It's one of the most difficult courses I've run. The first half is 
rather flat and fast, and the last half is very, very hilly. And it's it's quite difficult, quite difficult. So, but I I'm not sure if people even know why I'm in the challenged runner division. No, I think we need to um, we need to <laughs> let them know. <laughs> sure, elaborate on that a little. I um, was in a motorcycle accident when I was 21 years old. I actually don't remember most of it. I was hit head on by a garbage truck on my way to school. I was in college. And I woke up, it was actually several weeks later, just just over a month, I woke up and I was in the hospital, I was in the intensive care ward, and I was under such heavy drugs, morphine and, and things like that, I, I actually believed I was hallucinating. I fell asleep again and I woke up several more times before I actually realized that something serious had happened to me. And there was a nurse, young nurse, standing next to my bed. And again, I, I still wasn't quite sure if I was dreaming or if this was real. And I, I tried to talk to her, but I was unable to because I had so many poses and, and things coming out of my mouth and my nose that prevented me from talking. And so I was going to reach over and tap her, and that's when I noticed my arms and my legs were completely covered in a huge body cast all the way up to my neck, all the way down. And they had little squares out, and that's where they inserted IVs. I had IVs all over my body. And I was I was not even laying in the bed, actually. I was suspended several inches in traction. Well, she, she could hear my, uh, I guess I was moaning a little, her attention. She turned around. She was really sweet to me, and she told me that I had been in a motorcycle accident, that I had hit a, a garbage truck had turned in front of me. We were both doing about 50 miles an hour, and we hit head on, and I was lucky to be alive, and that I should just lie still. Well, the shock of this was so overwhelming, I passed out again. I really upset and I remember waking up it was actually several days later and they started to cut my medication down because they realized that I was okay so I was able to uh, stay conscious longer and as the months went on I received probably I stayed in the hospital for a year discharged and I probably had a dozen operations, trying to mend my bones and trying to get me back. I was paralyzed from the waist down. I was unable to move. And even when I was finally discharged after a year, I had to leave in a wheelchair because I couldn't walk out. And my doctor, I, my spine was fine. It was never severed or anything like that, but it did have bruising on it, which for some reason, prevented me from feeling from the waist down. My doctor didn't want to give me any false hopes, so he wasn't sure if I would ever walk again or not. So he never he never said anything. Well, thank goodness, several weeks after I got out of the hospital, I started getting feeling back in my legs. Now, my in my legs, my left leg was crushed beyond repair but they did not amputate it. 
but it was completely useless and it was it was uh just it was a dead piece of 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 leg actually there was no blood flow in it or anything and they allowed me to make the the choice to have it removed later which I did about a year later I had it removed from my mid calf down I had to go back in and schedule an amputation uh, and which they removed it it was really tough it was really tough but I knew that it was useless and there was no way I could use it but in fact it turned out to be uh, the best decision I could have possibly made because I then got fitted with a prosthetic leg this was in the early 80s and the leg was mostly made out of wood it was really heavy and didn't work very well but I was able to stand up I was able to start walking again with crutches and after a few months I no longer needed the crutches and I was able to I remember the first time I walked around my my block which was probably just a few hundred feet, but I it was the it, it was like crossing the finish line at a marathon. It was one of the greatest things I had done, and um, I had lost sight in one of my eyes. I was completely blind in my left eye. That actually came back as well. I lost quite a few teeth. I lost um, my my little finger on my left hand as well. Um, I needed even more operations down the line. I've probably had another half a dozen operations since getting out of the hospital the first time. But I wasn't going to let any of that hold me back. I could ride a bicycle, and I started doing that. I fell a bunch of times, which the doctor was quite angry. I actually broke my leg again falling on my bicycle twice. The doctor didn't like that very much, but he couldn't keep me off. Um, I started lifting weights again. That was extremely painful at first. What was funny is even when it would rain or snow or the weather would turn slightly cold, every bone in my body hurt because I had broken every bone and I could feel it again. But I didn't let that keep me down either. And I just kept improving and getting better. And I had completely gotten rid of my limp. And people that I had met after prosthetic leg, they didn't even know I had a prosthetic leg because I taught myself how to ski again. I would go skiing. No one even had any idea that I was skiing on a prosthetic leg. And my dream was to start running again one day. But with this this very old-fashioned wooden leg, it just wasn't going to happen. It just The uh, functionality of it was impossible to run on. So as the years went on and they developed better prosthetic feet and better prosthetic legs, I actually started running, but not very far, only a mile or two. And I did that for years and years. And I actually started entering 5Ks. Now, a 5K is just over three miles. It's 3.1 miles. And that was the furthest I could 
possibly run because my stump inside the socket would hurt so bad that I couldn't I couldn't go more than than a 5k but for me that was unbelievable I went from being paralyzed in a wheelchair to running just over three miles and getting a medal for it so I was pretty happy for a time <laughs> but because of my personality I just kept pushing it one day I was driving home from work and I looked up and I saw a billboard and it had a man on it and he was he had this very odd looking prosthetic leg. I had never seen anything like it. I almost I, I got so excited I almost drove my car off the freeway. And I remember as soon as I could I stopped and I called my prostheticist and I told him about this billboard and he said that he would be traveling that same way. He would make note to look at this billboard and see what the heck I was talking about. Then he called me and he said, yes, I drove past this billboard. I saw this man's leg. It's called a running blade. They're brand new. And so I convinced him that I needed one of these. And he started making me one. He started making me a new socket and we purchased this running blade to attach to it. And right away, I knew that this was the answer to my dream. Uh, within just a few short weeks, I went from running just a couple of miles a day to running five miles a day, and then six miles. And then another week, I was up to eight miles a day. And I uh, went ahead. I figured I'm doing all this running. I might as well do something with it. And I ran my first half marathon. Now a marathon is 26.2 miles. So a half marathon is just over 13 miles. So this was the furthest I had ever run in my life. And I did it on one leg and one prosthetic running blade. It was unbelievable. And I was hooked. Uh, within a month, I had run another one. Within a month, I had run another one. And then I decided that it just wasn't challenging enough. 13.1 miles, even though it's incredibly far, it just didn't challenge me. And I ran my first marathon. It was probably nine months after my last half marathon. And... It was just absolutely unbelievable. I got so many wonderful people that would come up to me during the race, would run up next to me and want to hear my story. And and at first, I ran kind of selfish. I, I ran for myself to prove that, you know, I could do it. I wasn't uh, handicapped or challenged or... And then... Something happened, and I started realizing that I had uh, I had the power and the ability to inspire others. And so I ran another marathon, and then I met a man who actually holds the world record for running the most marathons, and he convinced me to set a goal to run 
a marathon in every state, 50 marathons in 50 states. Now, like I, I stated earlier, I'm up to 38 states now. And I have met some of the most wonderful people everywhere I go. People will come up to me and tell me how they have been injured, but because they saw me, they're starting to do a fitness program or or do something to better their life. Now, a lot of people can't run, but they'll they'll get a wheelchair and they'll they'll do wheelchair basketball or they'll do wheelchair sports or hand biking or something like that or even something like just not being depressed anymore like painting or or writing or anything and and when I get these letters and these emails from people that I have touched it just I don't know it makes it all worthwhile I just can't say enough it's it's absolutely the icing on the cake and so I still have 12 more states to do and I I know once I'm done I'm not going to stop running of course I'm going to keep running as much as I can and keep inspiring as many people as as I can possibly reach so but so far it's just been one of the most wonderful things and I am so happy this sounds really weird but I am very happy that all of this happened in my life because if I was just a normal person I probably never even would have tried to run a marathon if I had never been injured if I had never been paralyzed if I had never been an amputee I probably wouldn't have pushed myself so hard and so I look at this like a blessing. You know, people ask me all the time, do you wish that you had never been injured? And I say, well, you know, had I never been injured, I wouldn't have this incredible life that I have now. So it's it's just been wonderful. story, Tim. I mean, it's amazing because, you know, obviously you could have just chosen such a different path and such a different reaction. And, you know, you are proof that anything is possible, that you get to choose your life no matter what your circumstances are. I mean, even just listening to you, I'm just so inspired by who you are and, and who you're choosing to be for the world. You know, I just want to commend you for being that example and being in contribution. Well, thank you. Yeah, and just getting that it is bigger than yourself. You know, myself and, you know, obviously what affects me is not to the degree uh, nearly what affects you. But, you know, I I was there too in the sense that when I started running, it was about me. It was about proving to myself I could do something. And I also made that transition to saying this isn't really about me. This is about showing the world that there is nothing that you can't do. Sure. And for me, you know, when I chose running, like why I chose to go running and make that my thing is for me, it was just the least likely thing I should be able to do with everything that was going on. And for you too, I mean, I'm sure people wouldn't say, okay, if you lose your leg in an accident, you're going to become a runner, an amazing runner, inspiring people. As a matter of fact, I I told people today I was running the marathon, a marathon today, yesterday and today. 
And I brought her name up on the course and said, hey, I'm, I'm you know, going to be interviewing Tim Hurst and everyone who knew who you were. I mean, in the running world, you're a celebrity. You're a celebrity. I mean, it's amazing just what you've done. It's I really just can't even begin to say enough. Um, it, it's amazing. You know, um, thank you so much. I would be lying if I said I didn't have low days. I got depressed quite a bit. But you're right, I I just chose. I said, you know, I'm just going to choose. And I had lots and lots of people come to me and say, what you're doing is crazy. You're going to hurt yourself. You can't do this. No one will think less of you. Why are you torturing yourself? And if I would have listened to all of the people who told me, you know, that this was just impossible, I never would have been here. If we were speaking earlier and I was telling you, um, no, I just ran a marathon and I ran a marathon last month and I'm running a marathon in two weeks uh, from now. And I, I try to run one about once a month, but I have four different times run multiple marathons, run four in a row, four marathons in four days. And most people with two good legs would not even imagine that that's possible, that you could run a marathon one one day right after the other for four days straight. And yet, I'm out there doing it. And, and so, you know, if there's anyone out there who is listening to this and they've always wanted to do something but been told that they can't, just do it. You know, I never even touched on the fact that before this accident, I was a black belt in karate. I had a second-degree black belt in Kenpo-style karate, and and it was one of my dreams to own my own studio as well. And I had that opportunity a few years back to start teaching karate again. I had to go to a job interview, basically, and they had several senseis there. Sensei is Japanese, it means teacher. And we were trying out for this job. I was going to be working for um, a company, a karate school company, and, and I was going to have my own school and my own batch of students. And, and I walked in there, and I had my shoes on, my tennis shoes on, and my long pants on, my karate pants on, so nobody could see that I had a prosthetic leg. And I thought, oh, my gosh, what am I doing here? This is, this is ridiculous. And I, it was my turn. They had put the other uh, candidates to their routine to see what they were like. And, and then it was my turn, and I got up there, and, and she started, you know, saying, do this move, do this kick, do this, do that. Very technical, very very athletic stuff, I have to tell you. Well, later I, you know, and I went home. I did really well. I was really proud of myself. I went home. I got a phone call, and she wanted to hire me over all the other candidates. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is unbelievable. A one-legged man is going to teach karate and have run his own school and everything. And so I thought I had to be honest with her, and I told her, I said, listen, I have to be honest with you, I have a prosthetic leg. And she, she laughed. She thought I was joking. And I said, no, this is real. I have a prosthetic leg. 
and she said, you know, I don't care if you do. You were better than all the other senseis that were trying out yeah. for this position. And so I get hired, and I have been teaching karate ever since. I've had hundreds of students that I've brought up from white belt all the way up to black belt. We go to tournaments, and my students are among the top uh, contenders. They, they win all the first and second and third place medals. So, again, something else most people wouldn't even believe that could be possible. I have, though, <laughs> this is kind of funny, I have had my leg uh, taken off by accident while during sparring. I was fighting a student, teaching him how to spar. That's where you actually you put on gloves and foot pads and you actually hit each other. And, and uh, he grabbed my leg in a blocking move and yanked it, hoping to throw me on the ground. But instead, he yanked my prosthetic leg off. He had no idea, by the way, that I had a prosthetic leg. None of my students did. And they all soon learned, along with all their parents that were on the sidelines watching, that Sensei Tim <laughs> had a prosthetic leg. It sounds funny now, but it was not funny at the time. It was really, really scary and embarrassing. And But people, they were so nice, and my membership doubled after that. People wanted to come take karate from the one-legged karate instructor. It was pretty amazing. Amazing, Tim. You know, we're actually right at 9.30, so we do have to start wrapping up the call. I mean, I could hear you and your stories for hours. I'm so inspired <laughs> by who you are. You know, and, 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 and I know that you do have a blog, so if people do want to continue reading your stories yeah. and hearing what they're doing, and um, how can they reach out to you? Sure. My blog is runningonmylastleg.com, all one word, runningonmylastleg.com. And if you log on to that, I have uh, done a blog of every race so far that I've done. I also have different categories dealing with uh, karate and things like that and just my personal story. So, yes, absolutely. Feel free to log on. Check it out. I try to put a blog in. I actually am uh, do one right now. I'm writing one right now, which I'll put out, which concerns my latest uh, New Jersey marathon where I met you at. And and uh, so I try to make them funny and lighthearted. I don't take myself too seriously. So don't worry. Nobody's going to read any tragic stories of <laughs> how hard it's been. It's really fun. And they're pretty humorous. I might complain a little bit in them, but nothing too bad. So, <laughs> well, you know, it it is part of the running, and you know, I can relate. I actually just and I'm going to say it for the first time on uh, radio station. I have decided to do ultras today because you know it really is anything is possible. And I hit that point today where sure I am, um, and I am training for a seven marathon series with the um, the marathon series that you know. That same series I did today, and then going to be doing seven marathons in seven days in August. And I got to the point today where, after my second marathon, and any runners listening to this would would appreciate it that I could actually walk up and down the steps without any issues. I can even alternate feet. And I said, you know what? I said if I can alternate if after two marathons in two days, I can alternate feet up and down the steps. It means my body is ready for an ultra. It's telling me a marathon is now too easy. So. 
I love it, and I would, and I'm excited. I'm sure we'll come across each other in another marathon. Um, oh, I'm sure we will. Absolutely, and we'll plan on it for sure. Akina, are there any questions you want to ask Tim before we close out our call tonight? Uh, I don't have any questions, but I do have a comment. Uh, Tim, I found you very, very inspiring. I am not personally a runner. I'm not really built for that, but I do love uh, you talked about one of my best loves, which was karate. When I was younger, I wanted to do uh, go through the black belt or whatever, but my doctor counseled that. <laughs> but, you know, after hearing your story, I'm thinking about maybe going back and seeing if I can get that judgment changed. So, And I just Wonderful. want you to know that that was really inspiring, and you definitely have a new blog reader out of me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. I mean, I, I know that people all over the world are going to be touched uh, just by hearing this podcast and hearing your story. And ever uh, again, I really words can't say enough for what you're choosing to do. So thank you for who you're choosing to be. You're so welcome. Um, if anyone enjoyed this call and you know wants to hear it again, it's going to be available on our iTunes. And change, uh, excuse me, Changing Minds Online. It'll also be in ChangingMindsOnline.com. It will also be on uh, our Blog Talk Radio account, our YouTube, uh, Podomatic. What else am I forgetting, Akina? <laughs> We're on TuneIn, Stitcher, and also SoundCloud. Absolutely. That's Akina's domain. She, we can thank her for putting all those shows out there. But um, thank you again, Tim, for being a guest on our call. Uh, Akina, is there anything you want to add before we close our call tonight? Um, no, thank just- you so much. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said me. It's okay. <laughs> well, please, Tim. Please. No, I was just going to say, never give up. Whatever you want to do, figure out a way to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you again, Tim. It's really been a, a pleasure, and I look forward to running with you again. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tim. I look forward to reading your blog. All right. So we always end their calls the same way. You know, everyone, God bless. Have a great evening. Make it a really powerful week. And we look forward to being with you on our Thursday call, our Empowering Women series. Have a great night, everyone. Good night, everyone.